Life Audio. The object of our discussion today is perseverance or steadfastness. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Hey, hey. Back, baby. We are back. Life After Addiction, episode 46. Today, we're in still in our little mini-series of Lost and Found Recovery in Christ curriculum, which is found in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-11. through 11. And today, the principle that we're talking about, the thing of the object of our discussion today is perseverance or steadfastness is one of the principles. And uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, one of my favorite principles, steadfastness. But first, man, something cool happened over the weekend with your son. So how about you share with our audience what it was? It did, man. My seven-year-old son, Eli... Um, he went to, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, he went, did a, an Ironman he's done two. And so my son got to go and kind of be a part of that. And then from then on, he had a bug and he's like, Hey, I want to do a triathlon. He's like, Hey, you're seven. Yeah. <laughs> seven year old. Yeah. Uh, but they had one. It was actually in middle Tennessee, Nolensville. It might be one of the bigger youth ones. And yeah, man, here's some, here, some video of it. You can play some video, but yeah, it was cool, man. It was cool. And to be honest, it kind of like inspired me a little bit. Yeah. Which is weird to say that your seven-year-old inspired Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I could only imagine. It kind of did, man. So I'm really trying to exercise a little more. But yeah, man, he busted his tail and it was like swim, bike, run, man. And it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It was a proud dad moment, you know, and. Uh, I don't know. I was proud that's of it. That's awesome. One day, Carl and I will hopefully get to experience the same with our sons, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another awesome. cool thing that's coming up, man, is we have um, a new, probably in September, maybe early September, but just stay tuned. Uh, we have a new resource, a new daily devotional, two to three minutes, something like that. Start your day. I've loved them, man. I love listening to them, just putting them on. Uh, first thing in the morning, just to kind of start your day in a word of encouragement. Um, and so Mike breezy, come on, Mike Brown is doing it and it's called in his image, in his image, daily devotion. And it should be, should be in a couple weeks in September. So look for that. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm excited getting ready to go. Um, before we dive in, why don't we just take a quick break so we can have some uninterrupted times. That sound good. Let's do it. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. (laughs) 
Oh, that's an interesting commercial. <laughs> it, is, it is interesting to say the least. So sorry for the cheesy uh, commercial. It was funny. But, yeah, we definitely want to support Alumni Weekend, Alumni Retreat coming up uh, at the end of – or at the beginning of September. Yeah. Uh, so you only have a couple weeks, man. We have some cool things planned, man. We, we're excited about that, as you could see. But there's some, been some response, some guys coming in from – a bunch of different states. Uh, some stand. We're having to provide some place for them to stay, but it's awesome, man. I'm excited about that. Absolutely. September 1st through the 4th. If you haven't emailed us, you can email us at info at springtolife.net or call me personally um, and I will. <laughs> what? His number is 555. No, no. I was thinking about that for a second. I was like, oh, I'm not going to get my number out, but you can call me personally or, info, or um, email us at info at springtolife.net. Yeah. So- yeah, so I'm excited about that. Another awesome thing that just happened this week, man, we took all the guys out to the lake, had a few boats, but there was something specific that I heard and see. Tell us about the lake. Yeah. What, what, whack-a-mo? Well, those, those oh. lake days are awesome, man. It really is. Just being out there. We went on Center Hill this year, um, and it's just amazing to be out in God's creation. I remember we talk about it. We've talked about it in other podcasts like, the first time that I realized I could live a life of freedom was on our canoe trip. Yep. So I know those moments. They, some of these men may have not been out in God's creation on a boat sober in yeah. 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And so just being out there and realizing that you can have genuine joy and happiness and experience these things apart from addiction is a big deal. Yeah. Like it's extremely significant, but uh, what he's, what Adam's specifically talking about is we decided to play a game and we called it whack-a-mole, but we'd get like five or six guys lined up on each team and we'd lock arms together. So we were really close. Um, and we'd be maybe 10, 15 yards apart. And we had a little nerf football and we were throwing it at each other's heads. And if you moved, it was minus points for your team, and the other uh, team got points. But if you got hit in the head or the face in the air, you got three oh, points. And goodness. if it skipped off the water and hit your face, you got one point. So it was extremely fun. I'm glad I hear about these things on the back end of it because someone explaining, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the lake, and we're going to throw footballs at each other's faces. And if they move to dodge it, they get minus points. they got to take it square in the kisser. I don't know how I'd feel about that. It was that like our version of a triathlon, right? Eli does triathlons. <laughs> we do that. When's the last time we ran a mile? I probably, probably sixth grade, right? Oh, man. But, hey, one, to speak to that, uh, what, what Chittister was talking about, just uh, the reason we do that, we always say this kind of afterwards, after we know everyone's had a great time, we always ask the guys, all right, everybody have fun, you know, unanimously. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks so much, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then we ask, hey, is anybody high? Is anybody drunk right now? And they're like, what? What are you talking about? And I'm like, no. And like, yeah, so it is possible to have a great time, have a good time without any chemical to induce it. And like he was saying, man, some, some of the guys, I know for me, there was a point that, and I said it last episode, I never thought I could go throughout my day without a drug. But definitely guys come here and they've not had fun. Every social event for fun, lake, whatever it may be, included a substance for so long. And so the lie yeah. that we tell ourselves is we can't do it without it. And so this is a great tool, great, not only just to have fun and play whack-a-mole on each other's faces with Nerf balls, but it's a great thing to show, hey, I, it is possible to enjoy life without uh, this. There is life after, after addiction. addiction. Hey! And it reminds me, man. Jinx, like, man. <laughs> and I know, Carl, and, and you can relate. Like, do you remember in the midst of your addiction when, like, anything you did 
without being high, you always thought to yourself, man, this would just be so much better, better. if I was high. Yeah. Like if I was watching a movie, if I was going to the store, if I was going to play golf, if I was anything that lie seemed so legitimate, like I bought into it, like, yeah, man, if I was just high, if I was just drunk, like it'd be so much better. And to experience the other side of that and realize, man, that's a bunch of bull crap, you know, yeah. that's not real. That's not true. And man, I'll never forget that. It's, it's a beautiful thing to be on the other side and just to see the joy and light and, and those, these men's faces, like what's supposed to be the darkest time of their life, darkest season. It's like, they're out there just rejoicing yeah. in life, man. We've been on the light before and just worship breaks out. Yep. We do almost like church. We sing or play music on the speakers and we're doing a sermon, a message going around, giving testimonies. It's cool, man. It's cool to it's cool to do things like that to show to kick the devil in the teeth. It's huge. You know what I mean? It's huge. So let's dive in. Let me dive in. I'm gonna read through the passage again, just just so you know. I'm not gonna do the part last week I read what's directly after this where it talks about, hey, I'm telling it's good for me to remind you of these things. You already know you're aware of these things, but it's always good for as long as I'm in this body, uh, Peter says, it's always good that I remind you of these things. And so um, dive in. Let's read the, the verse 3 through 11. It says, Second Peter chapter 1. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world. Here it is that comes by sinful or evil desires. Escaping those desires is what this, it's like when you see that and when you talk about addiction of any kind and that desire, and the Bible says that you can escape that. Well, I've been taught, Ryan's been taught, Carl's been taught, if you've gone to secular places, you've also been taught that you'll never be able to escape that, that you're always going to be an addict or an alcoholic. And the Bible says, no, that's from the pits of hell. Here's what I say. Here's what the Word of God says, that you can escape these things, um, the, the escape the corruption in the world that caused from sinful desires. And it says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance or steadfastness. That's what we're hitting today. And to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all more eager to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never fall. Mm. Through verse 10. So we're talking about steadfastness Mm. today. Um, We're talking about... Um, perseverance today. Lead us in. Um, well, just lead us in. Yeah. I won't dictate it. Lead yeah, us steadfastness in. to me is faith and trust in, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of adversity, in the midst of trial. And one of my favorite verses throughout all Scripture um, discusses this very thing, and it's Romans 5, 3 through 5. And it says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Remember that, rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. 
I remember reading this verse and it rings true all throughout the Bible. You see this term rejoice in sufferings, mm. rejoice in sufferings. And for me, what that did was, man, if you can see suffering and I'm talking when I say suffering, I mean suffering in the path of obedience, not Ryan continuing to do drugs, live disobedient, continuing to indulge in sin and that sort of suffering, but suffering in the pursuit of righteousness we can rejoice in that because God's hope and God's love has been poured into our hearts through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And it's like I'm able literally through the spirit of God to see trials through the lens of Christ. Now, that doesn't always mean I'm rejoicing necessarily, mm. but I always do have hope undeniably in everything that I go through. And it tells us that it's producing something. God is producing character. God is producing steadfastness or endurance within these trials. And therefore, it's for the betterment of my life. It is making me a better person, a better man. It is helping teach me to trust in God, to put my hope in him, to put my faith in him. Something we were talking about before the podcast started was, you know, as Americans, we like to do everything we can to not experience pain, to yeah. not experience suffering, suffering. Let me numb this. Let me numb that. Let, let me numb this. So when I find myself in an adverse situation, my initial reaction and response is what to either suppress it or run, yeah. suppress it or run. And God calls us to do the opposite and it's stand firm in our faith, knowing that, man, he is producing good out of these things that are happening to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, before I go into my scripture, the, uh, the kind of, there's a lot of complimentary scriptures on this, but as you even related to pain, but it's like the the perseverance, the steadfastness, the the going through things, is almost becoming counterculture here. Mm -hmm. You know, and not just here, but Western culture. I mean, it's definitely so. I mean, obviously, pain. We don't want. There, there's no. Our pain tolerance as Americans is astronomically lower than the world. Why do you say that, Adam? Well, I mean, physical pain. Let's just look. Look. When it comes to prescription opiates, America takes 80% of the global opiates in the world. America's 5% of the global population. So how does that add up? Are we just in way more pain than other countries? Yeah. Uh, and so physically, yeah. But, I mean, even steadfastness, it's like everything. No one wants to work for anything. No one understands that, hey, I want what that guy has, and I want it now. Well, you don't know what that guy's been through. Yeah. You don't know the hours that he's put in on stuff. You don't know the behind the scenes. You don't know the struggles. You don't know the, you don't know the person. You don't know what he persevered to to be prepared to have that. And and I always tell people too, man. Even in ministry, it's like I want the I want this. I want the what I want the church. I know God's called me to it. And it's and a lot of times it's yeah. You understand that a calling is is you confirm a calling, but there's God's timing too. Yeah. Um, there's person, you got to persevere through some things, man. There's some, uh, how much more effective would you be if, if this area of your life was, you could give to God and, and instead of you jumping into something and all of a sudden, you know, you're still dealing with things that you haven't resolved. You didn't persevere through those. So now you've taken on the weight of another ministry and the things that you haven't persevered that God hadn't taught you yet. And the microwave world that we live in, I think perseverance is something that, kind of like conviction, kind of like pain. We don't understand that it's fruitful. Yeah. That it's, it, it's not fun in the, in the midst of it, but like not numbing it, not running from it, not suppressing it. Like you said, what happens if I step in and head on and I and walk into it? 
and, and knowing that here's what God promises in James 1, similar to what you just read. But James says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, of various kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in everything. So the testing of your faith, it produces perseverance, right? Um, so it's almost a faith question. The first time the going gets tough, what do you do? The first time in ministry when you feel betrayed, what do you do? The first time in ministry when you're exhausted or someone makes you mad or whatever it is, uh, what do you do? Do you persevere or do you backbite? Do you cause division? Do you talk about that person negatively? Do you get discouraged? Do you run? I mean, whatever it may be, perseverance growing in this way all throughout the Bible from tons of different... You just read Paul, I just read James, and at the beginning that was Peter talking about perseverance. Mm -hmm. So clearly this is something that's very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you talked about how fruitful it is to remain steadfast in the face of trials and adversity, and this is a verse that I used to read, um, and I remember reading it with Carl when you first got here. I think it was in maybe a prayer night or something, but it's always stuck out to me, and this show you, shows you the value of steadfastness in the face of trials and adversity, and it's Hebrews seven or 5, 7 through 9. And it says, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. This is the kicker right here. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. So we forget that the deity of Christ, he was fully God, yet fully man. Yeah. Yet it tells us in scripture that he learned obedience through what he suffered. A lot of times yeah. we'll see the life of Jesus as like he never was tempted. He never. And we know that he was, but we don't see it as the same as us being tempted, though. Like I'm going to sin. I'm going to do these things as if he didn't have opportunities to do so when he actually did. And we figure that obedience was just instilled within him. No, it says that he learned those things through what he suffered, yeah. you know, and that's just amazing. That shows you the significance of whenever the Bible tells us, man, it's producing character. It is producing hope. It is producing steadfastness. These things are byproducts of remaining faithful and trusting God in the midst of adversity. I learned the yeah. greatest lessons of life by remaining faithful in my walk with the Lord. There have been many times I wanted to quit. I wanted to throw in the towel. I wanted to do things my own way. I, I didn't agree with how something was going, so I just wanted to run. But, man, the more and more I remain faithful, I can see it in my own life that, man, my character has actually been built up. Yeah. Man, I have more hope than I did before whenever I face future trials because I can look back on trials from this year, this year, this year, and this year at this point and be like, man, God's faithfulness is all over those. How did I respond in those ways? Oh, well, when I, when I responded in those ways, it was on my hands. It was on my knees. It was praising God. It was trusting him. Mm. It was putting my agenda aside and knowing that, man, he knows what's best. So when you can remain faithful and steadfast through those trials in the past, man, you're that much more inclined to do it in the future because you see God's faithfulness all over those situations. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Carl, I'm going to get you in just a second, so be ready. But I think it's, I think it's, and I don't want to just say the same thing in a different way, but but there is, I think the default mold, mold, mold the default mold, mode, um, 
and I can't speak for everyone, but I think culture wise, and I felt this, I've done this, so I can say me, but I believe you can relate. Uh, the default mode is self-pity mm. when trials come. Absolutely. And woe is me. And man, that just is devastating. And even so we can interchange Christian words, but sanctification is basically perseverance. And like, if you can have the mindset and this is, we're just telling you this stuff, knowing that it's not easy, but also being committed and saying, Hey, we don't want to just fluff your ears up. We're going to tell you to do some things that aren't easy, man, because we love you. And the word of God says so. And so what if our mindset could be, let's say that we're facing, you're facing something at work. There's some people there that it's just making your life miserable, making they're, you, they're talking about you, whatever it may be. They make your job harder, whatever it may be. I mean, any situation, any situation. You're dealing with a hard guy that you're you're yeah. coaching, you're, whatever it is. Your your marriage is tough right now. They're fighting happening. Things were said, right? What if that mindset, when you feel the heaviness of that, the weight of that, and it's just like it's right here, man. You could feel it. You're just like. What if instead of woe is me or I'm the victim, right? I got to make them the, um, the assailant. Someone else has to be the one at fault. I'm all, I'm the victim and you're dismissing anything. What if the mindset inside of that was, man, if I press in, the Bible says that I should have joy right now because what's happening, although it feels bad, it's producing something Mm -hmm. in me. If I march through, don't get it twisted. It's not going to produce something it's not going to produce this in you, the Word of God. The trial, uh, it's not saying have joy because just because you're full of trials, it's going to do this. It's how you walk through it, right? It's how you persevere through it. Victimizing yourself, blaming others, numbing, running, justifying, whatever, that's not producing anything except for lowering your tolerance for pain, right? It's, which is where we're at, which is full circle what we're talking about. But what if our mindset really was, I don't like this. I'm going to be righteous in it, and I'm going to persevere. I'm going to seek God. That's what we're talking about, seeking God in the midst of a trial instead of a bottle, instead of a video on TV to release whatever it is, instead of a pill, instead of a um, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're numbing or however you run. What if you just say, I'm pressing on, I'm pressing in, and I'm, the going gets tough, the tough get going is the old saying. That's biblical. Yeah. That's biblical. <laughs> so, no, but that the principle of it is, right? And what God is saying through his word, through his Peter, through Paul, through um, I don't James, his own half-brother, <laughs> Jesus' own half-brother, uh, that there's it's doing something. Even in the secular world, and I'm coming to you, Carl, even in the secular world, if we take this trials and persevering through things, has always created, it always creates the best. Like Michael Jordan. And I say that, I feel like I say this. I know I've taught this. The greatest basketball player of all time, right? Arguably, you could say. But man, he went through a trial. He was cut from a basketball team. And what he did is he didn't woe is me. That coach hates me. Man, he didn't even see me. Man, I didn't have the right gear. I didn't have the same shoes as those guys. I didn't get the same playing time as those guys. He took it and made it something that, I'm taking this pain of rejection and I'm using it. And all of a sudden it's like, can you believe, what if you were the coach that cut Michael Jordan? You look like an idiot, yeah. but probably not then. He probably wasn't that great. Same thing with, with whatever. And, and, and Thomas Edison in the light bulb. How many times did he have to fail until now electricity open, turns on a light and we use it every day without even thinking about it? How many fails? I think it was over a thousand times he failed at that. 
Well, what if he would have taken after the first few or the first one or the hundredth one or the 500th one? I'm done. Fail. All I do is fail. Whoa, I put all my life savings into this. People are thinking I'm weird. I got electricity things coming out and I'm just a failure. I'm done moving on to something else. What if he would have done that? Well, I would imagine someone else probably would have invented it, but not him. Yeah. But he pressed on. He learned from his mistakes. He took calculations. And this is biblical principle. I'm using secular examples. And on and I can go with that. But facing a trial and pressing on, know that it's producing something in you. The Bible says that it's creating, it's almost growing you to be the mighty man or mighty woman of valor that he's called you to be. But you got to go through stuff, right? Yeah. The positions that we have as coaches, I mean, I, I don't think it's mandated that you have to have gone through it to be a coach for someone. But, man, it doesn't hurt, does it? Not at all. And so the reason that it doesn't hurt and we can relate and we know what this guy's saying, we even know what this guy's feeling as words are coming out because we've been there mm -hmm. and we've persevered through it and we see the light on the other side. Yeah. But, man, if we didn't, we would have just been riding. And we did, some of us did. We'd just be at rehab and rehab. We, we would be a career rehabber. Yeah. Because it's always someone else's fault. I'm a victim. It's a disease, Mom. I can't. I just need more medication, right? Mm. And on, there would be no persevering through the pain, through the suck of it, mm. right? Carl, what do you got? Yeah. Um, Am I allowed to say suck? By the way, yes, on this podcast, I think okay. so. Just, yeah, I think it's appropriate. Just so we're just we're on the same page here. Yeah, it works. Um, Embrace the suck. <laughs> yeah, that's actually yeah. a whole word. Um, one of the things that Ron always talks about is how you really see what a man's made of when adversity comes, mm -hmm. you know? And um, now that we do things adversity differently... Adversity will introduce, your, uh, introduce a man to himself. Yeah, yeah adversity will introduce a man to himself. And you're just talking about you got to go through things, you got to go through things. And that's just something I've actually been talking to Ryan a lot about it lately is just like, I think the fear of failure so many times in my life has kept me from taking steps. And so... Um, steps towards facing this feeling that I'm going through, steps towards um, stepping out of my comfort zone, um, whether that was, you know, going to school when I was younger or, or even making friends outside of the what, whatever it is, man, it was I was scared of everything. So um, that fear of failure can keep you so paralyzed. But um, now that we do things differently with Christ, it's like he really does empower us to grow through those things as long as we're willing to be steadfast with him. And that's something that I've been experiencing lately. Um, and if we don't force ourselves to get uncomfortable sometimes in our walks, then why would we ever need the help of the comforter is something as well that yeah. popped up recently for me where it's like, well, he's given us the comforter, but if I just want to stay comfortable in every aspect of my life, it's like, then why would I need to lean on the comforter to be steadfast? I could just be quote unquote steadfast in comfort and, and not grow through something. Mm. But but instead, you know, he's given us the comforter so that we can continue to grow, continue to be steadfast, continue to look to him, to trust in him, um, to make it through those adverse things that we find ourselves going through. And and here's the ironic part about it. Um, have we taken a second break yet? No. Yeah. We've got to take we did we'll take a second break here in just a second. But the ironic part about it, he's talking about the, um if I'm always comfortable then I'll never come to the comforter the Holy Spirit is what he's saying but the ironic part is is that comfort over here is bootleg anyway right it's like it's actually probably the thing that's causing you the uncomfort yes but it, it, you have this comfort that's bootleg that lies to you and you end up chasing it you become a slave to it so you're going to be a slave to this bootleg comfort that only brings pain devastation separation death decay in your life or 
a slave to righteousness, a slave to God. I'm his, as Paul says. I'm, I'm a bondservant. I'm, I'm choosing to the, be um, uh, in this under the lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm choosing to be adopted into his family because I know that he is God. And, and that comfort, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest for your souls. That is from the author and creator of all things, of our faith, the one that's, that spoke everything into existence. From nothing burst forth everything because he spoke. That is true peace, yeah. true comfort. And if that one says, hey, press on into this, I'm here. I'm with you now until the end of age. I'll walk with you. It is designed that way. You're exactly right. It is, hey, I need you to press into me. Like, are you seeking me when you get into a fight with your wife? Are you seeking me when you've had a relapse? Are you seeking me when you're going through, like, um, these thoughts? I can't get these urges out of my head. I know I'm going to use, are you seeking me? Are you turning to bootleg things that always fail you and always end badly? Because when you seek me and you press on, man, next time it will be a lot easier. You'll build something. What are you building? You're building steadfastness. Hmm. The enemy better be changing his ammo. Yeah. When you're pro- when you're building steadfastness, when you're growing, the enemy has to change his ammo, man. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. And we're back. We're back, baby. Dude, I just tried to dap you up, man. And you, oh, me? You left me hanging, so I did it to myself, and then I air-dapped Carl. Oh, well, hey, sometimes when you're a winner, you don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't really deal with the, the scrubs. Anyway, so we just played Paper, Rock, Scissors for those listening, and of course, I won. But we're back. Um, c- come in there. I kind of finished the thought there. Yeah, no, it's kind of like Carl was saying. You know, I feel like for whatever reason, like we'll do whatever we can to take a shortcut. Yeah. A shortcut, right? Any Michael way that I can avoid the pain, any way I can avoid the suffering, there's got to be an easier path than walking through that, you know, because walking through that means essentially – Things have to change. Yeah. The ways I'm living have to change. Decisions I'm making has to change. Me becoming spiritually lazy has to change. There's things that have to, I have to take a proactive step in changing. And if I do this shortcut, it's like, eh, very minimal has to change. Yeah. So I, I want the endurance. I want the steadfastness. I want the hope. I want the character. But man, I think I can get it if I go this route. And that's just not true. Going through that storm is what is producing these things. And so it's like I tell guys too, like just for a tangible example of like going to phase two, 
I, I don't know your heart. I can't tell you if God's called you over there. But what I can tell you is if he has called you over there and you do know that and you're kind of trying to justify not going, there is something that God is desiring to do and produce in your season while going over there that you're going to miss if you don't go over there. Now, that's not to say God can't produce these things in the future. and But you get what I'm saying. It's yeah. like learning to remain faithful in the now. When God's calling me to do these things now, because there is something that he desires to do within me to increase my faith, to build trust, to build the character, to establish and root those faith uh, roots. You know, there's something that he is desiring to do that if I keep taking this shortcut and doing what makes sense to me or taking the easy route. I'm not going to get the growth that God desires me to get within the trial that I'm currently facing. Yeah. So often it takes us seven years to learn a seven minute lesson. Yes, exactly. And it's because we're, that's good. We're seeking comfort elsewhere. We're seeking, Oh, this seems right. We don't want to face a little bit of that pain mm -hmm. to learn the seven minute, similar to the, the Hebrews it took them 40 years to get to the promised mm. land. And it was a 14 day journey. Yeah. Why? Mumbling, grumbling, wanting to build fake gods, all this other stuff, and God had to teach them. And and honestly, he he, they went through a lot of stuff, and it wasn't until I think everyone under a certain generation was. I mean, Moses didn't even make it in, yeah. right? I mean, think about his ministry if you want to think about that. It was, anyways. I'm going to go down that rabbit trail. The seven years to learn a seven minute lesson, and I, I want to be clear though. What what I'm not saying, what we're not saying is twofold. Uh, we're not, I'm not saying that anything's wrong with comfort. If you got a nice couch and it's comfortable and man, at the end of the day, you want to sit down and relax. I'm not saying there's anything evil about comfort. We're talking about kind of more, more spiritual comfort, more trials and you know, those kind of things. But also what I'm not saying is don't produce your own trials. Yes. <laughs> They're all coming in this world. You will have trouble. We're not, you don't beat yourself, right? You don't whip yourself as certain things do to pay for to pay penance uh, through purification through pain that's not what we're saying but when they come and we know they come because in this world you will not might you will have trouble when they come what are you pressing into well it's a lot easier for me to just black out drunk tonight it's a lot easier for me to get high it's a lot easier to just go release uh with this this male or female or this watch this point it's, that's what i know and it brings me some gratification and then tomorrow the problem's still there. So what what we're saying is you a trial and you are steadfast and you're walking with the Lord, the Lord's gonna let you feel some of it. Yeah. Uh sometimes, sometimes, man, I mean, you know, but I think that's the exception. The rule is he's gonna be with you. He's gonna want you to draw to him for comfort and praise. I mean, you said it yourself. The greatest worship songs, the greatest of everything came through pain. Like think of the songs that we sing today and about mm -hmm. Why do they relate so much? Why are they so? Because it's true worship. It's like, I have nothing else but you, God. I'm, I'm not turning to anything else but you, God. And it's in the darkest season of my life. That's why this ministry is so fruitful. It's the hardest in the world. It's mm -hmm. the hardest in the world because the guys come to us in the darkest seasons of their life and they're broken. And that is spiritually every aspect, not just spiritually, but that is dark and heavy and hard. But that, for that very reason is why it's the best, too, because from the rooms of recovery comes a revival of a nation because of the darkness. Yeah. It's because of the pain. It's because of the trial. Like when I've come through this now, it's, it's not just I, but us. When we've come through this now, it's like, I don't give a rip. Like, what are you going to say to me, man? Yeah. What are you going to do? You're going you're gonna to shame me? Yeah, bro, I've been there. Uh, God restored me. You're going to 
call me a name? Yeah, cool, man. I, you can pull up a mugshot. What do you want to do? What do we want to do here? Which is kind of similar. It's not on the same level, but it's almost like the apostles and the disciples that get beat and leave rejoicing, right? Yeah. The same mindset. They were pressing into who God said they were. They were pressing in to his arms when he says, come to me all who are weary. And so this perseverance, it's not easy. And we're not saying that comfort's bad, but we are. And we're not saying that you should cause like whipping your cause uh, things to happen because they will happen. But we are saying make the choice to believe what you say you believe. Make the choice not to run the first time something happens. Tuck tail and run. I'm thinking of the Braveheart. Didn't you want to at least negotiate a deal before you tuck tail and run? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but before, as soon as stuff happens, man, just face it. Walk through it. Have brothers around you. Come to me, all who are weary. Go to the Lord and seek him. And watch how different things are. Watch how, like, in a year, when that exact same scenario comes, whether it be someone gossiping about you or whether it may, whatever it may be, watch how you handle it different. It's like, man, I would have, and you've probably both have said this, man, I would have handled that a lot different a few years ago. Yeah. Absolutely. That's through perseverance. And it's like you don't even give it thought to take rent in your head anymore. And before it, it would just been all over you. And just like, plotting but smiling you know and just dealing with it and then it's like when you grow past it and you learn how to deal with it a year later it's like i would have handled like you don't even give it rent and you don't even think about it yeah that's cool say man i could tell he's hurting you know what i mean yeah yeah and oftentimes in the life of a christian you know the more we grow in our faith the suffering we experience it almost in a sense initiates the seeking of god's face it initiates the seeking of god's counsel it initiates the seeking of god in prayer it initiates the seeking of diving deeper into my relationship with him yes. because af after the years and years of w walking with him you know he's produced the hope he's produced the steadfastness he's produced the character and like it says it becomes second nature to yeah. just Man, I'm going to him with these things. I'm asking him for guidance. I'm leaning on him for wisdom. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to guide me during this time. And the same ways in which I used to rely on self and my own understanding, it becomes that much more natural to lean in and initiate. Okay, suffering, man, I'm going to initiate and engage in my faith and, and remain steadfast during this trial. I'm going to read one more verse. Hit it. First Peter 1, 6 through 7, it says, In this you rejoice, in this very thing you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, though it perishes uh, when it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Christ. Um, once again, I want to reiterate that this is, struggles and trials in the path of obedience in the path of adversity not for the sake of me just indulging in sin over and over and over but um a pastor once told me a test is meant to pass right god tests us he doesn't tempt us god cannot be tempted with evil therefore he himself tempts no one a trial or um yeah a trial is meant for you to succeed but and a test is meant for you to pass but man i forgot temptation Temptation, there you go, is you meant that. for you to fail. Okay, yeah, so there you go. A temptation is meant for you to fail. A test is meant for you to pass. And God will test us. He'll allow us to go through certain things because he knows I'm going to become a better man. I'm going to be yeah. more equipped when I get to the other side. He's trying of to level us up, man. He's trying to level us up. And I've got to trust, and I'll say it for the last time. I say it a lot, but adversity is opportunity to exercise our faith. Say it again. Adversity is opportunity to exercise our faith. We pray for trust. We pray for, you know, hope. We pray for all these things. And God will put us in a position to exercise these things 
And what happens? Man, I let fear overcome my faith. You know, I start to worry. I start to doubt. And it's like, God's like, my son, I'm putting you in a position to exercise the tools, Mm -hmm. the spiritual tools I've given you. Exercise them. Mm -hmm. Exercise them. If you don't ever pull them out of your tool belt and use them, they're going to seem foreign to you whenever it comes time to use them. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. And, and, And I just I guess I guess what I want to finish with is just reminding us um about humility because none of this is possible unless you humble i mean if mm. you if you buy into what the world says and the, and you're the king of your own everyone's the king of their own castle and it's like bro i got 17 dollars in the bank account let's get real you know what i mean yeah. like stop 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 letting the world tell you that you're god you know what i mean that's what it really is you are a god is what is what you've acted like everything you've done is to serve you everything's about you. That's putting yourself in the lowercase G God. And the world tells you that too, with the things that they sell you to, that's the secular norm. But if you can humble yourself, man, and really know that, and then that's weird. That's kind of fresh talk, but God really is leveling you up. If, if you press on, if, if you come to him, um, and you stop, stop <laughs> and we stop whining about things and we stop mm-hmm. becoming victim. Like the, the culture of today is, the currency of today is who's the biggest victim. Yeah. Whoever's the biggest victim has the most clout. Right. And that's, that's so, that's, that's so damning. Man. Toxic. It's so Toxic. bad. And when God called, God says you're more than a conqueror in all these things. Right. And so I love that where it's, it's a test you're supposed to pass. Um, step into these things. You know, I think when you do, you'll find out that there's fruit and you'll walk into things. Next thing you know, you'll be, giving speeches at your college graduation. You know what I mean? Next thing you know that you'll be leading a ministry. You'll be, you'll be coaching. You'll be giving on doing all of these things for the Lord. And to be honest, I'll close it with this. You know how freeing it is? Like to not have to have my brain space occupied by, and I could just know that no matter what this, whether I fail at this or Mm -hmm. I succeed at this, I'm pressing on and I'm being steadfast in this trial in the arms of my father, dude, that's so, that's so much freedom. Mm. Like I don't, the outcome's not up to me. I'm going to work my hardest. I'm going to be the best that I could be with my gifts and talents to bring God glory. And you know, that's good a lot of times, but if it doesn't matter, if the outcome doesn't matter and it's all just for the glory of God, man, there's freedom in that. And that's life after addiction. And you better believe it. Come on. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of their faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.